Let me tell you, I'm glad to be here this morning, and I, I just, before I begin, you know, we, we sang that song, God Bless America, and I, I felt the anointing on that song. Let me tell you, I, I love to be in our country, and sometimes if you were born in this country, we have a tendency, not, not always, but a tendency to take it for granted. That's why we have holidays to celebrate what we have, and, and one of those is Christmas and Easter to celebrate what God has done for us through His sacrifice. You know, uh, a lot of times it's easy to get on the negative, isn't it? You know, and, and the older we get, you know, and we're around other people. It's good. I tell you, the kids aren't like they used to be. I tell you what. And, and it's easy as an old geezer to just jump in and get on the bandwagon and go, I know kids aren't like they used to be. I tell you, in my day, they were this way and this way. Let me tell you, I, I just got to I just got to give a big, big, big thank you. To again, our youth group, a lot of the youth group yesterday came down and uh, the pastor had this uh, vision that was only going to take five minutes that took longer and longer and longer and longer and longer. We, I, I went to a landscaping place and, and the landscaper had all these extra plants and he said, I tell you what, I'll, I'll give you those for that price and those for that price. I'm not passing up on a bargain, you know what I mean? So I just, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, throw it in, throw it in. But not realizing every plant you buy, you have to do what? You have to dig a hole. So we had over 50 plants that needed to be planted, shrubs and trees and little things and foo-foo plants, you know, those that you go, man, I don't know how they make it, but okay, I like it. And, and then once you dig it, then we had to put mulch around it, and, and the mulch holds the moisture in the ground, and, and if you ever weed eat, you just love mulch because you don't have to weed eat around it all the time and, and all that. Well, over a hundred bags of mulch, too, was on the trailer and all these plants. And, and, and you feel me? If, if you don't feel me, I've got a job for you to do. And, and matter of fact, all the job that got done, uh, let me just have all the young people that helped yesterday uh, stand with me and let's give them a hand. Now, now, look, you only have about five or six. And, and, and the pastor, you know, I, I had to come in every once in a while and axiom coffee and, and kind of sit down and get a, a, a water. And, and I looked out, and Gwen was out there working. In, but, let me tell you, I didn't mention Gwen so I could get a woo. But anyway, she got one. But, but the thing is that as, as I saw Gwen and Val, that little girl is the ever ready bunny, man. She just kept working and working and going. <laughs> well, we get a go now, go now. Anyway, we get all these these things happening, and and I just appreciate the young people. Let me tell you, if you don't appreciate our young people, just take it for me as a testimony. You can take it for Connie. She's back there going. I, I witnessed it myself because she had to move, and, and you know everybody loves to help people move. Well, maybe not, but. It, it took into eight hours to move. Connie, the young people did that. And, and I just appreciate that. And Brett, let me tell you, Brett, she, every, he's down there going, you want me to water? And I said, do you want to water? I'll water. He's filling up a trash bucket and going out and watering the plants that are out there with her. We, we have some great people. And if you do not realize that, again, we, we take it for granted. And so I'm going to give you an opportunity. This coming Saturday, we have a work day. It's only going to be about 9 to noon. We need men and women. 
If you can carry a sheet of paper, or maybe your talent is a snoopervisor, we'll even use your talents. Uh, but we've got a lot of things to do, and, and just kind of as we get into the summer, if you're like me, once it gets about 90, 95 degrees, you know, I'm ready to shut her down as far as outside stuff, and we're going to try to get some of that stuff done before the heat hits us, and, and then it'll be uh, better later. We have some uh, things down at Axiom also to be done, and, and once that's done, let me tell you, I'll, I'll be able to sing your praises too, and all the things that, that went on in faith next Saturday. You know, this morning, after doing all that work yesterday, I got up and I had a thought, I, I'm not going to church today. But see, as the Bible says, I take captive every thought. And man, I put that thought over there and said, no, no, I, I go to church every Sunday, not on the basis of how I feel. Because let me tell you, the, the, the back, you know, the legs, the sunburned face, I'm not embarrassed today if you noticed that. But this morning, as we get into the second part of my message, you know, I have been waiting for this part of the message because it, it really means a lot to me as I'm actually walking it out and you're walking it out in our life. Uh, make me an answer. Can you say that? Make me an answer. Everybody together, ready? Make me an answer. When we go through our life and we decide that we're not going to just fall downhill or we're not going to just get in the stream and 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 just drift down. You know what I mean? We can fill our life with Facebook and our phones and our laptops and, and all that's all we can do all day is just the little stuff that really add it all up and put it in a mound and it's no value. I didn't realize that so-and-so loves pork chops. But on Facebook, I saw that. Do, do you see what I'm saying? There's a There's a principle that I it means a lot to me, and if you'll just pay attention for a few minutes, I'll tell you what. If you purposely hold on and get this principle through this message today, now you know what I mean. Some to, some of us don't even remember what we ate for lunch last Sunday. Okay, we didn't. We don't. Rem, but as you allow your spirit to hear this, it generates things in your life that the Holy Spirit can bring back to your remembrance. By our what? By our Faith we are overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the power of our testimony. If we don't have a testimony, then we're in where we have an issue because we did not allow our faith to work. We went on our feelings all of our life. The, the, the principle about whatever gets your attention. Hey! Whatever gets your attention will get your focus. And whatever gets your fo focus, your direction. And your direction determines your destiny. We, we've gone through this. Your destiny. It, it's not your good intentions. It's your direction. This is where I'm going. Now, when you think about what you focus on, do you realize that a lot of times it's called, as I said, and I'm going to say this a lot because I believe that it means a lot in our Christian walk. The reticular activating system. It's a pencil-like uh, part of the brain that's in the back where the spinal cord meets the brain. Okay, there's the biology for the day. But here's the importance of it. It filters out all the things that are unnecessary or you think is unnecessary in your life. It's, it's the ability not to be crammed with all the thoughts and things that hit our brain. It's a filter. It's the ability to be in a room and block out all the 
noise of the, you know, of the room and everybody's talking and stuff, kind of like at halftime. And immediately somebody can say your name and you can hear that. And all of a sudden that brings you to an attention. It's a rectangular activating system. It, it's, the, uh, it's the ability, as I've said before, of nobody has a black truck. Because you didn't notice them until you bought the black truck. And then it seems like every truck out there is nearly black on the street. That's what we're talking about. When you come to church and you're in the Word of God, you're continually hearing the Word of God in your life. Have you ever gone away from church for a couple weeks and hopefully not a couple months, but then you, you just kind of, you feel like, well, I just, I'm kind of, and it's just, again, just a little bit of getting off course. This morning, I want you to understand that staying the course, the things of God in your life, the things that you know, it, it might have been, since you've been a child in children's church that you heard the things of God, maybe it's just that you're learning the things of God and all of a sudden all these other distractions, can I say distractions? Distractions come into our life and if we're not careful, we don't stay the course. Problems come in our life. Everybody has circumstance problems and that we they come into our life and they want us to get off course doing the things of God. What's the things of God? You know. You know. A lot of them is our mouth. What we say. We walk in fear, doubt, and unbelief instead of faith. We, we get off course. Hear me. If you're not careful, you're going to always speak the problem. With no even desire for the solution. Now, I want you to see with me, we're going to review real quick in Genesis 37. Here's Joseph, and he's got the favor of his father on him. And the Bible says that when he is sent to check on his brothers out in the field, the brothers go, here comes that, everybody, dreamer. Here comes that dreamer. How can they tell that it's him? We think that it's because he's wearing that coat of many colors. He has an identity as far as they can see which they're putting value on. He's the problem. That guy has caused us so much problem and he's got, they're jealous of him. Now, if you fast forward to Genesis chapter 45, which I'm sure everybody on their phone is checking their Bible out. Genesis 45 verse 16, here's Joseph and he says this, or the passage says this, when the news reached Pharaoh's house. Now, what has happened is all the stuff, all the water, all the things that has flown downstream under the bridge, it's already done. Now he is second in control under the king or Pharaoh, he is called. And the Bible says that Pharaoh has made him really lord over the area. His, his family's in a famine. Everybody's in the famine. But he comes. To, they come to Egypt in order to get food. It just so happens that the brother they thought was dead is now in control. Okay. So here's what happens. The brothers come in and, and Joseph reveals himself and he begins to cry. Well, they, they he tells them that it was good that this has happened. You guys are going to be feeling guilty about it. But really, God had a plan. And here I am. I'm here to help us, the family, as well as the known world at that time. Now, for your advantage, I want to remind you 
about somebody that didn't even know Joseph at 17 when his brothers hated him, Pharaoh, is going to speak over his life. There's somebody that's in your future that God has already set up if you just do not disqualify by not walking in faith. Here's a Pharaoh, the king. See, sometimes we don't even realize he's not a president or a prime minister. He's Pharaoh. If he doesn't like the way that your eyes are set on your head, he can kill you or he can make you someone of value. But this is a guy that God has the ability to go, Pharaoh, you're my boy today. I'm going to use you. When the news hits Pharaoh that his Joseph's brothers have come, listen to the excitement of this king. And, and if you put it in that whole context of what I just said, you got to go, what? Look, it says, when the news reached Pharaoh's palace that Joseph's brothers had come, Pharaoh and all of the officials were pleased. I guarantee you all the officials were pleased because Pharaoh was pleased. You like that? So do we. Okay. Pharaoh said to Joseph, tell your brothers. Okay, here's what I want. Have you ever had the ability and the authority to bless someone under you? You can almost hear the excitement in Pharaoh. Joseph has blessed Pharaoh by blessing Egypt and making him the wealthiest man on the planet. If you don't know that, you can read the whole story. But all the food that Joseph has stored up for Pharaoh really has bought the freedom of all of Egypt. Now watch this. Tell your brothers, do this. Load your animals and return to the land of Canaan. And bring your father and your fathers and your families back to me. I will give them the best of the land of Egypt and you can enjoy the fat of the land. Verse 19. You are also directed to tell them, do this. In other words, your authority can tell them this. Take some carts from Egypt. Aren't you glad he didn't say, take some baskets. Take carts. In today's world, it would be, take some semis with you. They didn't have them back then. But take some carts from Egypt for your children and your wives. And get your father and come. Never mind about your belongings because the best of all Egypt will be yours. Now let me tell you, from the beginning of your life until the end, it is hard to stay the course. I know that. Aren't we glad for the grace of God in our life? And everybody said amen on that one. See, when we see the problems, we want to jump off. Does anybody else want to jump off at when tough times come beside me? Yeah, see, when the pastor raises his hand, everybody, okay. <laughs> yeah. well, now I think about it. Yeah. See, we're on the course. Problems come. We want to, whoop, I'm just going to step off for a minute. We talked about that today in the early service, the Christian education. When, when, when the Holy Spirit walking in the Spirit, not in the flesh, it's easy to walk in the flesh. We trust our own understanding. And it's amazing that people will want to throw you in a pit when they see you as the problem. It's people that are not staying on course that want you to be in the pit. You're the problem. Now, now think about this. They see my blessing a lot of times as their problem. If you get in a place where you're allowing them to dictate your value, 
you will see yourself as the problem and not the answer. This morning as we're going to go through this, again, the way people see you doesn't determine your value. Here's Joseph. He is put in a pit. He's sold into slavery. He's in a, a place called Potiphar's house. Everybody with me? Potiphar? Aren't you glad your name in Potiphar? Here is Potiphar, and he is a very important official. He's the captain of the guard. Again, can you imagine the guy's uh, valuing the kingdom? This guy is uh, Billy Bat. I mean, he is the top of the Green Berets. He's got it going on, and he's got influence. The, the thing is that as Potiphar sees this guy probably in chains as a slave being brought in on this caravan of, of slave traders, he sees him not as a problem. He sees him as an answer. I can buy this guy, Joseph. I can put him to work in my household. But he doesn't seem as the answer to all his problems until Joseph will walk in that. See, it's not a problem a lot of times to get hired on the job. But as we know, as you get the job, will you get promoted in the job for the favor of God on your life? Or will you just complain? This is the reason why I'm not promoted. A whole nother level. He has favor in the house of Potiphar. As we know, you know that the beginning of the story, he's in slavery. We know that at the end, he's going to be thrown in prison. But at the time that he's in Potiphar's house, he's walking in favor to the point where it says that Potiphar says, everything that I own is under your control, Joseph. Get that. It says, and I love this part because it's such a detail that it brings how much trust is Joseph is worth. It says this, Potiphar concerned himself about nothing except what he ate. I don't know if it could be described any better to say that everything was put into Joseph's hands. You know how it is. If you're over anything and, and someone wants to come to your job and t ask you a question about someone else's job, you know what you say? I don't do that. Could you go ask them? Because that's what they do. I'm sure Potiphar had a sign that every time that somebody asked him a question, he went, Joseph, Frederick, Joseph. What kind of palm trees are we going to put in the lobby? Joseph. So do you see the trust that has been developed in this, this young man? Because he's 17 when he's sold into slavery. Young guy. Joseph was an answer to Potiphar. And I want you to see this because he's in favor. And a lot of times when we see a door opening... If we're not careful, we won't recognize it. Everybody with me on that? Because I'm in slavery. I don't see an opportunity. But when the door went click, Joseph had the whereabouts and the self-awareness to step through it. When you hear the click in the door, a lot of times we begin to become, if we're, if we're able to be aware to walk through it, we hear the click and we know that it's a blessing of God on our life. We walk through it and what happens? We begin to go, you know what? Maybe it was good that I have all these dents in me because of un, un that weren't my circumstance. I mean, I didn't want them. But some of these dents helped me fit right perfectly through that door that God just opened for me. 
we begin to say, and sometimes it's under our breath, that maybe it was good that I went through all that because God had a plan for me. And I'm seeing just a little glimpse of that door opening was His plan for my life. Some of us need to just, right here. You know what I know about John Miller? Here's what I need to do. Shh. And listen. When the click of the door happens, if I'm talking, 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 I tell you, the door opens and closes. If you just, shh, listen. As God begins to work a way where there seems to be no way, in those dark hours where you don't see any light, all of a sudden you see a little glimmer, you hear a little bit, this, this is the way to walk in it. And we begin to walk and we see God make us the answer. Now, Joseph was an answer to Potiphar until Madame Potiphar got her eyes on him. Can you imagine? Here, here's Potiphar, and he's got everything it seems like going for him. He's got the authority. He's got the position. He's got a wife, apparently. We know that. And we know that he's got a king guy as, as the chief uh, slave guy that's really the manager. And all of a sudden, the circumstance changed when Madame Potiphar begins to see. The Bible says, now Joseph was well-built and handsome. Anybody hear that? Let me say it again. He was well-built and handsome. Now, all of us would think of that as an answer. We don't know if he's out there working out or exercising or lifting weights or, you know, doing yoga and take your left leg and throw it over your right shoulder. I, we don't know what he was doing to have a well-handsome, well-built kind of guy. But the fact is, is that seemed like a good thing. Come on now. Now, now it's Memorial Day weekend, but don't mail it in this Sunday morning, okay? Stay with me. He is well-built and handsome. That, that's what everybody wants to say. I don't eat carbohydrates. I don't. I, I'm Mr. Vegan. I, I'm red meat. Are you crazy? You know, you hear it all the time. They want to be something. Well, here he is. And it works out that that wasn't a good thing. But it wasn't because it wasn't a good thing. It was because someone used it. And, and here it is. She comes in and she says, if only I could have a cup of joe. I'd be happier. And see what he sees or hears out of Manipotifer seems like I could be an answer. Everybody with me on that? But staying the course, that is not the answer. He knows that, that he's not going to be saying, God, make me an answer. What, Potiphar's wife, you want me? I'm here. No, he's saying, that's not right. That's part of staying the course. When you know you can cheat a little bit on that and do a little bit of dishonesty there and do that, well, it, it makes my business prosper. That's not the answer. God's not telling you that. We see that because of circumstances out of his control, here, here's this lady that's, that's tugging on him to the point where he leaves his coat and has to run. Don't we all wish that during those times that we would have just ran? 
But it's sometimes it's like pastor said to be quiet and listen. What else did you say, Potiphar's wife? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Is that, that is not the answer. That temptation, wherever it is in your life. I was talking to Gwen about this. There, there is no way in my mind that Potiphar thought that he had an affair with his wife. And the reason why I'm that strong on it is because Potiphar had probably disciplined his own armies more severely than what he did to Joseph in just throwing him into prison. He should have killed him and could have killed him. But you don't come to a point where you trust a man with everything that you have and then believe that he did that to you. And he's thrown into prison. Now watch this. As, as you know the story, don't jump ahead in your mind. Let's take those segments because it's a man's life over, I believe, over 13 years. He's 17 when he goes into slavery. His brother puts him in the pit and sells him to slavery. And he's 30 when he goes to Potiphar, or to Pharaoh. There, there's no telling exactly how many years that he's in Potiphar's house or in prison, but for sure that he's at least two years in prison because it's two years in this next little segment. And it, he goes to prison, and the Bible says, this, this is pretty amazing, that he's in prison and he finds favor to the point where he becomes really the chief right under the warden. We'd all scratch our heads and wonder if he became the warden. He's not going to be the warden. But because he's, a, he's the answer in the prison, he becomes under the warden, just like he became under Potiphar. And we don't know enough about the story to know that he probably came as under his father, and that's why his brothers hated him. But what happens in the prison is something of, as you know, a common thread. Here's the common thread. It says that the, the warden valued him so much that he found favor to the point, watch this. It sounds familiar like in Potiphar's house. The warden put him over everything of the prison and did not concern himself with anything. So Here's my just deductive reasoning and it's conjecture on my part. But Staying the course plus building trust where you are equals favor. Now you go, duh. Well, why aren't we doing it? I'm believing that you are doing it. Staying the course, doing the things that God has asked us to do, we, we're believing that that's the best way of doing things. Staying the course plus developing trust equals favor that comes in our life. This will work in anything. It might take time, and a lot of times in America we don't have a lot of time. And it's like that we say, well, I tried that faith and it didn't work, that faith stuff. And I can say, no, faith tried you and you didn't work. Because faith without works is dead. And here's Joseph. And, and, and you see that He's developing trust. And I, there's something about 
understanding that the way people see you doesn't determine your value. And, and I'm not talking about somebody that is just walking around arrogant. Because what I, I do know about a Christian, a believer, that sometimes if they allow the Holy Spirit to speak in their life, they become, it looks like to an unbeliever, a little bit arrogant. And in the confidence that they have in God is something they're lacking, so you become a problem. Hear me. Somebody's going through this right now. And you want to dumb down your appearance or faith in your life to make them feel more comfortable. When they're yelling, please, I need you. See, sometimes the pictures that we take are dark and we need somebody to hold the light, you know, so that they can be seen brighter in the picture. See, some of us need to be holding the light when we want to be in the picture. And God says, no, no, no. In this season, I have you holding the light. So you could talk to your haters and go, haters, you're going to need me because you're going to need me to hold the light in the darkness. And all of a sudden, you begin to see that purpose that God has put you in that place for such a time as this. He's in prison. He doesn't want to be there. But instead of getting Maybe that's why it went down like a rat sandwich. You didn't hear me. Let's say that again. Volunteer. All right, that's a little better. That was the problem. It wasn't that you didn't like volunteering. It was the microphone. Hallelujah. Do, do you realize that faith works in prison just like it does outside of prison? Faith works when you don't want to be in a place just like it is when you want to be in a place. Man, I'm getting some response now. I like this. I'm like, turn it up a little bit. I'm kidding. There was a guy, some of you have heard of him, Victor Frank Frankel, and he was in the German concentration camp. He's amazing. And in that, he was tortured, just done horrible things. When he got out, he wrote a book, Finding Meaning in All the Forms of Existence. And really, in a nutshell, you could say that he wrote about having purpose in all situations. Now, listen to this, because some of you are in a place you don't want to be in. I didn't cause myself to be here, and if only I was over there, destination disease, I'd be happy. If I was just over there. Joseph's in a place that is not a happy place. And did I say he's volunteering for things? Amen. All right. But Viktor Frankl came out with the point that even in the worst of circumstances, you can still have purpose. Do you know that history, I heard one uh, historian say that in this time, that in Egypt, the, the prisons were only four feet tall, sometimes underground. And, and, and so everybody had to, be stumped over. The king has some problems with two of his officials. One is the guy that's the cupbearer, the butler, and the other one is the person that provides all his food, the baker. Butler and the baker. I don't know where the candlestick maker went, but anyway, it's a butler and the baker. 
and they do some things, and there's a kind of a, a problem that occurs, and an investigation ensues, and, and they put them both in prison. And, and the Bible says that they have dreams, and, and Joseph is called upon to interpret the dreams. Now, again, I just have this thing. I'm a dream interpreter. Nobody wants that. Nobody needs that. Now, no, he, he sees a door open. He takes that initiative. God, through the Holy Spirit, reveals their dreams to him. He says that the butler is going to be put back into the position that he had, that he lost, but the baker is going to have his head removed. See, he, he's not just roses and ponytails, whatever. He says, this is going to happen. It happens. The butler is restored to his position. Joseph says, remember me. It says, two years go by. Can you believe that, that joker? That no good butler? I tell you what, he's a loot. Can you see all the things that people could say about him? The Bible says that after two years, Pharaoh has the drink. This is where we're going. Don't go to sleep because you know the end of the story. I want, I want you to see something. And now I'm going to give you some thoughts that's going to really help you out. Here's the butler and the baker. He's interpreted the dreams. The cupbearer doesn't remember Joseph when he gets back to power. Here's what I want you to write down real quick. When the problem seems to have no answer. Everybody goes through this. When the problem seems to be no answer. What's the problem? I don't have a job. Why can't I get a job? I don't want to be in this place. Or I have a job and I don't like the job. I don't think my wife loves me. Come on, fill in the problem. We all have problems. Joseph's problem is that he's in prison. And could be at this point up to 10 years. It looks like no hope. Here's what I want you to do. Number one is get a word from God. If you don't have a word, I want to be practical. I'll give you three of my words that I got from God. Joshua chapter 1 verse 5. Write it down. Oh, I'll remember it. No, you will not. Notes are very important. Joshua 1 5. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Remember, point number one is get a word from God. Here's another one. Hebrews 13.5 Keep your lives free from the love of money. What? And be content. What? We know that sometimes we get in a place where if we just had more money... I could go through the problem. It wouldn't be fun, but I'd have no money. And be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Now watch this. So with confidence, this, the Lord is my helper, and I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? This is how to be centered in God and develop trustworthiness. How? I will say with confidence that the Lord is my helper. I won't be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? All the super spiritual people here said, Amen! 
all the negative and realistic people would say, they can kill you. Get a word from God. One more. Psalms 121, 1 through 3. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Do we not wonder if God is asleep sometimes when we're not hearing from Him and we're going through the problem? I'm in prison again. Next year, I'm in prison again another year. God, are you sleeping? I will never leave you nor forsake you. Boy, it's not, what I'm telling you is not easy. Number two is, here it is, ready, write it down. Hold on, hold on to the strength of God's promise. Now, this, this is not easy, but I want you to remember Acts 4, 28. Now, here's the scene. Peter and John have been before the religious leaders in the New Testament. This is after the crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. And the Bible says that they begin to talk. How? What in the what? What in the Sam Hill are these guys so bold about? Who they? Oh, they've been with Jesus. And then they begin to pray and they begin to tell God what happened. It said in verse 31, after they spoke with boldness, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Do you speak the word of God boldly? Do you allow the Holy Spirit to speak? Through? No, I don't, I don't know if I believe it. You're not going to speak boldly. That's what the Holy Spirit does is He gives us confidence. We sang about it and we confessed it today during the worship time, did we not? My confidence is in your faithfulness. It should be. And then it's my promises. My confidence is in your promises. And your promises have proven that you're faithful. Amen, Pastor John, on that one. Yes, yes, yes. The key to our confidence and it leads to trust in the Holy Spirit. Now, now I apologize because some of you have this thing in your mind and it's the rectangular activating system and it just clicked off because it's 12 o'clock. I'm done. Stay with me a few more minutes. Till all that noise, shh, the door's about ready to open up. When the answer opens the door, be ready to step through. That's where the confidence in God. That's what other people are looking at you and going, what in the world is different? Why are you so confident? Because my help comes from God. Now watch this. Harvest is hard work. When, when he's been in prison all this time, there has to be a hope into that early dream when he's 17. When his brothers, he tells that he, they're going to bow down to him and God's going to put him in an authority position. And, and here he is in prison thinking, God, did I hear you wrong? Have you ever thought that God had given you a purpose and a dream in your life? Go, did I hear you wrong? I'm 60 years old. I'm 65 years old. God. Listen to this. The Bible says that the Pharaoh, the king, has a dream and he says, I don't know the answer. So he calls. Anybody know the answer? 
And someone says, Butler says, I know a guy in prison that has the answer. Now, I want to read this because it has some encouragement to us. In verse 14 of chapter 41, 41, 14. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph and he was quickly. Now, now they could have left that word out. Quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream. And no one can interpret it. But I've heard it said that you, that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. I cannot do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Now, he could have left off the part about God, couldn't he? I can't do it. Why can't you do it? Well, I've never been in a palace before. See, all of our bumps, insecurities, when the door opens up, you're going to be tempted to do that. I just believe right now that there's somebody on the edge of promotion in their life. Someone that's about ready to step through the door that's going to open and it's going to be up to you if you're determined that you're confident in it. All the bumps and dents and bruises that have gotten you to this place is for that moment that you step through. Don't walk in insecurities. I don't know. I've never been in a palace before. I, I don't know. What if, what if my dream interpretation? I haven't done it in a few years and I don't know. Maybe not. I've had a failure. I've had a divorce. I've had a bankruptcy. I've had I've had uh, demotions in my life in other places. God says, I have done this, and now it's a day that you step through into favor. You've stayed the course. You've developed trust. Now, now, hear this, because I think it's so important. When you are the answer, you better have a plan when they ask for your answer. I've I, I got to read this, because we're at church. Look, look at Genesis 41, verse 33. And now, let Pharaoh, here's the plan. He tells them about the, the dream and how there's going to be seven years of Good time, feast, but there's going to be seven years of famine. Everybody with me? Everybody with me? Now he says this. Here's what he says after that. Right after that. Right after that. He doesn't get silent. He doesn't back out and walk away. He goes, and now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. See, we think that he's kind of doing a little manipulation let me tell you, it was unheard of. Nobody in the room thought that a slave, he was trying to refer to him as that wise man. Except maybe Joseph. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners of the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store them up in grain, uh, store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities of food. For food. The food should be held in reserve for the country to be used during the seven years of famine that will come to Egypt so that the country may not be ruined by the famine. Problem? Famine. Answer? Three-point plan. Hire a guy that's smart enough to do all the things that need to be done. Hire commissioners under him and store up all the food. A fifth of the food. 
He didn't say all the food. He said a fifth of the food so that when the famine came. Now, now listen to this. Here's what we miss. The, the problem of the famine is the good news because without the famine, Joseph would have still been in prison. But because of the famine, he walks now into the palace with the answer. I want you to see that because so many times we miss that. And it goes on just to summarize it. The Pharaoh says, you should be the man. You're going to be in charge of the palace and everything else. Again, that common thread. Stay in the course. Developing trust equals favor. Now let me tell you what I believe is I, before I dismiss. It's about the journey. Be the answer as you look for the problem. Don't look for the blessing. Look for the answer that God is going to give you in your mind and, and through the Holy Spirit. The best perspective to have on the path to success is to be present to what you're doing and enjoying it. We know the end of the story is Joseph, because of God uh, directing him, saves millions of lives. The children of the Israelite, the world changer that he is, we, we, we know that. But this morning, as we focus on being the answer, in allowing God through the rectangular activating, hey, hey, over here, we begin to filter out all those things that try to hinder us. And we begin to develop the plan through the Holy Spirit. You say, Pastor, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm qualified. I don't know if I'm big enough, short enough. I don't know if I'm I'm too heavy, I'm too thin, I, I don't have enough college, my my past, my background. Let me tell you this that you need to go home and read 1 Corinthians chapter 2 about a hundred times. And if you don't have confidence that God has the ability to speak through you, just read that. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'll remind you of what it says, and it says this. You have the mind of Christ. The Holy Spirit that lives in you, that sometimes we take for granted, sometimes we don't even activate because we don't, I don't know if it's, we don't believe it, but when the Bible says that the Holy Spirit lives and resides in you, to realize that Jesus Christ came and died on the cross is a great thing, but also Jesus said, it's going to be a great thing that the Holy Spirit comes. You'll understand. And some people never activate the Holy Spirit working in their life. As I said last week, we all know when we watch those superheroes, their superpower. Well, that guy can look through a wall. He can jump them, whatever the superhero. But the superhuman power of the believer is being able to hear the Holy Spirit of God. Let me say that the Spirit of God, Jehovah God, my provider, we can hear His voice. Be confident in what we say, which helps us stay the course. Did I say that Joseph never again had a problem? No. I'll tell you right now, I'm not perfect, and I've got things that I'm working on, and I'm believing for, and I'm seeing God develop in me. But let me tell you, enjoying the journey as you go through the, the pit, and then slavery, 
and then then into prison. In those times in our lives where we go, to enjoying life, God, you're the answer. It's not always easy. But you have the mind of Christ, and you're right on course. Let's pray today. Father, you are a good God. Help us always, 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 always to be reminded that, God, you are a good God, good Father. And Father, your plan is not always our plan. That's why, Father, I pray for my friends. I pray for myself that I can hear your voice. Speak confidence in me. That, God, that I can be the answer. God, I, I, I have the Holy Spirit to reveal to me things to do, things to say, places to be at the right time, at the right place. To meet the right people. God, I know that you have the answer. And Father, when I'm staying the course, developing trustworthiness, that God, that the favor comes upon me to hear your voice. Father, I thank you. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen.